0: In a recent WEX Health report, half of employees surveyed revealed that they need help making sense of all of the jargon. That's important because benefits confusion is one of the biggest barriers that keeps employees from participating. In our final episode in our Health and Wealth series, we share some of the common misconceptions surrounding health savings accounts and high-deductible health plans to help you develop an effective communication strategy. Welcome to Benefits Buzz. I'm your host, Hayden Gothy. With me today is my co-host, Kelsey Bergad, along with President of Healthcare Bank, Lane Brantner and Vice President of Sales in the Midwest, Mike Hagan.
1: Most people don't really know a lot about their HSA. They're kind of maybe undereducated about what an HSA is. Um, and I think they it's often confused with an FSA, right? Um, and one of the things that people think about is the FSA is nice because those dollars are all available available up front. With an HSA, you really have to wait to build that balance, build up that cash account, and then you have the ability to invest. So what what makes people want to enroll in this HSA from day one?
2: Sure. Uh, want is an interesting word that you use there. It, you know, because sometimes <laughs> they they'll walk into and I'll just use it from experience in in being at some uh, open enrollment meetings. Uh, they'll they'll be a um, confusion that will set in sometimes with people. Some employers will name their high deductible plan a quote-unquote HSA plan. And so some people come over to the uh, discovery uh, booth and they'll say, oh, nope, I'm already enrolled in the HSA. And and so it's just helping them understand what is an HSA uh, because there is some confusion there between the plan itself, a high deductible plan, and then a health savings account and how that pairs together. Uh, But a lot of employers will uh, try to Entice people with some seed money that first year because it's a conversation that they're having where it's different. And anytime there's a change, there's a hesitancy from from some people. So it's understanding what is the difference and really helping them get excited that an HSA is so much more robust than their experience within an FSA. It's something that you can use throughout your entire working years and as we talked about into retirement for those those high healthcare costs and then the tax savings alone. You know, obviously contributing and then growing pre-tax and then using them for uh, medical expenses uh, on a tax-free basis as well. And so there's, there's some incentives from an employer perspective in terms of, of providing some of those employer dollars right up front. And then there's some new features that are being rolled out as far as uh, what we have at Discovery. It's called HSA Advance, but it's, it's kind of a safety net that can be in place for some of those employers there and providing an easier conversation in those first couple of years to, to mitigate some of that risk as they're moving from a traditional plan into a high-deductible plan. Uh, but really getting in, an individual excited about what an HSA can do for themselves, their family, for many, many years is that first part of the process. Because once they start to get it and they comprehend how valuable it can be, you see that light bulb go off. And, and, and it's really kind of a cool maturation, if you will, of, of them really understanding that they don't lose those dollars you know, when, that, when that calendar flips there. And so there's a lot that goes into that. Education is extremely important. There's a lot of ways that, that you can help provide that awareness. But it really, really does make a big impact for individuals.
3: You know, to your to your comment uh, about the misconception I think Mike kind of hit the, uh, you know, the FSA piece. You know, interestingly enough, though, when you look at the the history um, from a, a FSA perspective, only about twenty percent of consumers take advantage of an FSA out of an employer group. So, if you have a hundred employees, only twenty of them are enrolled in an FSA. Unfortunately, because it's still a great benefit. Um, and so there's, while that, while Mike's right in that perception of those that were maybe in, enrolled in an, in an FSA, you think about there's 80 percent that 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 weren't enrolled in their FSA when they were into the former low deductible plan or the traditional PPO type plan, and I think that to me is the biggest misconception that folks have regarding an HSA is that HSA coupled with a high deductible health plan is going to cost me money. And that to me is the biggest misnomer that I think the industry hasn't done as good of a job explaining to folks is that, because I've seen a ton of examples and people run through the scenarios and put in their medical expenses um, in the high deductible and the low deductible. And you know, in most cases, in the vast majority, even without an employer match, but especially when there's a match, it even tips it over more. Almost all consumers are benefited buy a high deductible plan with an HSA. And when I say that, sometimes people look at me like I'm crazy. but the, diff, the, the main reason is in 2019, that out-of pocket maximum is $6750 for single and 13,500 for family. Included in that out-of-pocket maximum is co-pays, coinsurance, and deductibles. So I always you know use an example, but if you happen to have something where you have to spend two weeks or four weeks in a hospital, um, you can easily run up a $100,000 plus tab in the old world where you're having a 10 or 20% copay or coinsurance on that, you're on the hook for 10 or 20 grand, right? If you're, you have a $6,750 out-of-pocket maximum. If you have a $100,000 bill and you have a 20% coinsurance, it doesn't matter. You're not going to pay 20. Your out-of-pocket max is 6750 And so that's one of the things I think people that have some chronic issues or things that um, have had big, big hospital bills that high deductible plan coupled with an HSA, in a lot of cases, even for folks that have high medical expenses, will save them money. And I think that's one of the things that is the biggest misconception about an HSA is that it's only good for folks that aren't sick because that's not that's not accurate.
1: It's so funny that you say that because I was helping a family member who I shall not name on the podcast. Um compare the traditional plan to the high-deductible health plan because it was being offered through their company for the first time. And the out-of-pocket max was $10,000, and they were like, I will never enroll in that. That is so high. There is no way that is cheaper than the traditional plan. And I went to the Discovery Benefits website, pulled up the calculator, and I plugged in all the information and spent way more time than I should on anyone else's open enrollment other than my own. And sure enough, guess which one was cheaper? The high deductible health plan. And they could not believe it. They're like, you must have typed something in wrong. So, I mean, it really is. You have to like weigh out your options and you have to do the homework. But it's true. It really is. It could be cheaper for you.
0: Well, the premiums for traditional health plans just add up so Mm -hmm. quickly. Like when you really Mm -hmm. think about it, you don't think about it so much when it's just showing up every two weeks. But when you calculate it for a year, you know, it really can pile up.
3: The the phrase high deductible really, I think, hurt the industry and, you know, HSAs and everything this transition. Um, Because it's really, you know, Ironically, most PPOs now, a lot of those plans qualify from a deductible perspective as high deductible, right? So the whole low deductible versus high deductible isn't a phrase that I think helps people uh, really look at these objectively. Um, They kind of go in saying, oh, this is high deductible, this is bad, this is low deductible, this is good. Well, not when you factor in premiums and co-pays and co-insurance and all that stuff. Um, And that's the hard part is how do you simplify that? Thankfully, folks like you at Discovery are doing a nice job and trying to make that simpler for consumers.
2: On an individual level, too, there's the, the one threshold that you try to get to is enough in your cash account to to have, we call it what, the the put your head down at night and sleep well uh, level, right? So $5,000, whatever that is at, at that respective employer. But once you hit that threshold, you can really rest rest well because you have enough if something catastrophic happens, unexpected, that you have the money in your account to be able to pay for that expense there. And then on top of that, it can just continue to grow and grow and grow. That is 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 really that education where you can help people, to your point, Kelsey, about seeing the difference in the costs, oftentimes misleading or, or different than what somebody would expect the results to be. But once you can help them understand that once once they have enough money to pay for something that's completely unexpected, now they're going to really start to see it. They're going to rest well, but they're going to really start to see the benefits of that money growing over and over and over and over time. And if you have a year where you don't use it, that's awesome. You've been healthy, and and you don't have to
3: worry about, you know, Refunding it, you know, next year like an FSA. Yeah, that's the interesting piece. I, you know, if you really get into the the ins and uh, ins and outs of insurance, it's look. the The reality is, is if your premiums are lower, you're paying the insurance company less, and then you should be taking those dollars and putting it into your HSA. And if you don't spend them, the HSA is yours. The reality is, is if you're paying those pre- a higher premium to the insurance company, and you end up not using them you don't get to keep them, they do. And so that's kind of the the thing when you, if you really try and simplify it that I think helps people understand, oh, okay, now I get it, right? Um, where you're taking some of those savings and if you will, investing it in yourself. And if you end up having to use it, it's no really no different than if you were paying higher premiums. But if you don't, you get to keep it versus the insurance company. And that to me is, a, it's, I guess, as simple of a way as I can explain it to try to help people kind of comprehend why they would want to go down the path of having a, an HDHP coupled with an HSA.
0: We usually challenge our listeners to, to do one thing with every podcast episode. Um, just on this topic of HSAs and health and wealth, uh, is there anything you would like to challenge our listeners to do?
3: The challenge that consumers have and those that are in the HSA is to spend some time um, learning about them. Because as I mentioned around the high deductible is usually better for everybody, um, not, or most people, um, not just a few. Um, I don't think many people understand that, but if you spend some time, you'll learn that very quickly about it. Additionally, you know, spend some time. If you've got, let's say, you've got a seven thousand dollars in your HSA, and you've got a, you know, you're single, and you got a two thousand dollar deductible, um, are you interested in investing? And should you should you do do that? I mean, those are things to to spend some time. Go out to, to your HSA website. Um, hopefully it's a simple one that's got everything in one spot that makes it very easy, but to spend some time and learn more about your HSA, because HSAs are awesome vehicles for all of us, uh, in the United States today from a, uh, retirement, from a health and wealth, and as well as from a day-to-day transaction spending to take advantage of, of the tax advantage of HSAs. I just think spending some time to understand them is, uh, something that will be paid back by everybody uh, in, a, in multiple ways. And so just to, to have some, some time to, to learn and educate yourself on them.
1: Discovery Benefits, a WEX company, is in the business of simplifying the world of employee benefits. Although we hope our podcast sparks some aha moments, we cannot provide legal, investment, or financial advice related to the plans we administer, and nothing shared in this podcast should be interpreted as such. We encourage you to seek appropriate professional advice regarding your plans.